Good evening to you, wherever you are listening to your family love station, Crowder Radio 145, Love FM, Abuja. Time check is 4.16 p.m. My name is Grace Abba. And you know how we do it every Wednesday, exactly this time of the day. Uh, we always uh, have the men's speak up. Uh, brought to you by SOA Initiative which means a sexual offenses awareness and response initiative with support from icir which is international center for investigative reporting and uh have my guest my regular guest and chief chief of the chief host <laughs> of the program chibuzo you're welcome once again thank you thank good, you for having me good to have you today yeah good to be here okay so uh, can you tell us a little bit more about soul for those who are joining us for the very first time all right thank you thank you and then um, thank you to those who have been listening and then um, those who have been signing up so my name is chibuza unjaku and i'm from soa initiative and then um, what we do in soa initiative we create awareness about sexual violence and we also try to provide solutions so we work with we work with relevant stakeholders to make this happen and um, so far, we've been um, trying to bring up issues that we face in the community concerning sexual and gender-based violence and how it affects the women and girls growing up. And we've been doing this with the support of the International Center for Investigative Reporting. And if you're just joining us for the first time, let me just take you a brief recap on what we've discussed so far. So on our first edition, we talked about toxic masculinity how we raise our boy child, the words we use, the way we raise our girl child, and how we make our girl child become subject to the boy child. So it's very important that we, t- we, we use the right words and also do not limit the strength of the girl child because the girl child has a lot to offer than we think. And then next we talked about um, who really is to blame for rape. There's been a lot of victim blaming. And that is why a lot of um, survivors or victims of sexual violence do not speak up because they've been blamed for the act and um, why do I want to speak up when they keep blaming me and the perpetrator goes caught free. And next we talked about can no mean yes sometimes, which gives consent. We talked about consent. If a girl says no... That was the third week, that right? That was the third week, mm. yeah. So if a girl says no your sexual advances doesn't mean she wants you to put more effort so consent comes into play if she says no she means no and very important to note that anybody below the age of 18 under the child right act cannot give consent consent to sex so even if she say yes let's have sex and you go ahead to do that it is rape so that's what we talked about on the third week for the fourth week we talked about child marriage and the child right act is also against child marriage. And we understand that child marriage is giving anybody below the age of 18 out for marriage or signing on the contract between two children. It is not right. It is wrong under the child right act. And on the fifth week, we looked at a very interesting topic that um, most people don't see it as an issue, but it's really an, it's an issue and it fuels sexual agenda-based violence. We looked at pornography, how it fuels the mind, how it makes us look at the opposite sex like a sex tool. 
pornography gives you that image in your head that wherever you see the opposite sex and the only thing you think about is just having them practicalizing what you've watched on the video. So a lot of people have been victims of sexual violence because of pornography. Yeah, I think Mrs. Chinyari did yes, a Mrs. very Chinyari good job that last <laughs> week. Uh, she went quite in-depth and she brought yes. some scientific uh, studies and research and, you know, findings on pornography. Exactly. exactly. And so today, what are we looking at? Yeah, so today we'll be looking at cutting and mutilation of the girl child. Mm. Cutting and mutilation of the girl child. It's going to be an interesting one. And our guest today, she is not with us in the studio. She will be calling in. And um, her name is architect Lola Ibrahim. Mm. All right. So uh, we'll try to put a call across to architect Lola Ibrahim so uh, we can ask her some questions on cutting and female uh, genital mutilation. There's been lots of movement against uh, this particular act, uh, which many across board have called and tagged it barbaric, while others uh, say uh, it's the best thing that could happen to uh, a girl child. And so let's hear from architect Lola Ibrahim on this one. Hello. Hello. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Uh, you're live on the radio, Love FM, Abuja. Okay. And uh, today on the program, we are talking about a cutting and mutilation of the girl child. Okay. Brought to you by Saw Initiative. Okay. All right. Could you please introduce yourself, ma'am, so everyone else listening can understand who you are? Um, thank you for having me on your program. My name is architect Lola Ibrahim. I am the co-founder and uh, president of WAVE Foundation. WAVE stands for Women Against Violence and Exploitation. And basically what we do at WAVE is to campaign against all forms of violence against women and girls. Specifically, we, we, we focus on female genital mutilation. And that is because um, we have various organizations that are campaigning against rape, against um, physical abuse, emotional, and all of that. And few of us focus on harmful traditional practices. And because I happen to be a survivor, I was caught. My sisters were caught. And then my mother also was caught. My grandmother was caught. So you can say I come from a long line of um, survivors. So mm. I guess that makes me to be a bit biased. And that's why I focus more on the... Um, female genital mutilation and campaigning against that. All right, so uh, can you tell us what exactly is female circumcision? Because many people don't really understand what it is. We all are very familiar uh, with the male circumcision. What exactly is a female circumcision? Okay, female, female circumcision is the same as um, female genital mutilation. Is the same as a um, cutting. You know that people give it different um, terminologies and different um, names, and it is a social cultural practice. It is non therapeutic, and it is um, something that is not. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. It is not desirable. 
some people think um, it's, a, it's, it's a religious practice. No, and it is completely different from female circumcision. Um, so, sorry, different from male circumcision. In male, you remove the foreskin. In female, what they do is to cut off part of the female genitalia. So you see that it's completely different. For men, you don't cut off their genitalia. You remove the foreskin. But for women, you cut off part of our genitalia or they seal it up completely. That is what is called the type 4. And they leave just a small hole for the woman or the girl to pass urine. You get it? Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so, may we know why it is tagged a violation against the girl child? Okay, according to the UN, violence against women is defined as any act of gender-based violence that results in or is likely to result in physical, sexual, or psychological harm or suffering for women, including threats, such acts or coercion or arbitrary deprivations of liberty, whether occurring in public or in private. Now, you see that FGM it, it falls under this category because you're violating the rights of the, of the girl or the woman. Before she's even, um, uh, I mean, before she, before she becomes fully aware of her rights as a woman. And it's a violation of her sexual rights, it's a violation of her human rights, it's a violation of her body. You understand? Because you cut off, you're cutting off part of her genitalia. You're depriving her of that part. In fact, it's even a form of physical disability. It, it, you might not see it, but you're removing, it's just like you're cutting off somebody's hand. So it's a form of disability because you've removed that part of the female genitalia. And why do we do that? Do you understand? Yes, I'm with you. Why, why do we do that? Why do people still practice that harmful traditional practice now, this day, in the 20th century? Why do we do that? Okay. Simple. Okay, maybe I should just take us uh, back to time travel. Now, yes, we're in the 21st century, and the question begs, why do we still do that? But maybe I should Sorry, your line is breaking. Are you I didn't me? hear you. Are you with me? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. So, like you rightly said, this is 21st century and you just cannot understand why it is still being practiced. But let's go back to time travel. Uh, why do you think it was practiced in the first place, back in the Stone Age and uh, back in the before centuries, uh, before now? Yes. What Sorry? are the possible reasons uh, behind the female genital mutilation even before now? Okay, I will tell you what my mother told me. Okay. Um, because I, I didn't even know I was circumcised. I didn't know I was caught until I got to university. Because it's not like they'll sit you down and tell you, oh, you're a survivor. In fact, I have a friend who didn't know she was caught until this year. And she's married. Until I wasn't told her, oh, speak to your mother. You know? So it's not like they'll sit you down and say, oh, Lola, I caught you. No. It's something you find out later in life. You understand? Mm. And then I sat, I sat my mother down and I asked her, and this was just um, last year, and I'm close to 50 now. I didn't have the courage earlier on until I, you know, in my interaction with the therapist. So I sat her down and I asked her, okay, so why did you cut your daughter? And she told me, well, it's the tradition. And because the mother-in-law said, you have to cut your daughters. If you don't cut your daughters, they'll be promiscuous. So, in quotes, if you don't, uh, um, uh, um, uh, sorry, uncut girls are promiscuous. Cut girls are not promiscuous. That is not true. A child or a girl will be promiscuous whether she is caught or not caught. 
So the first reason is to reduce the female's libido, to curb her sexual whatever, and to keep her intact for the husband. And the people believe that a girl who is um, a woman who is caught will be more faithful to their husband. That's one reason. And then in some cultures, they believe that when the head of the baby touches the clitoris, the baby is likely to die. And all these are myths. They are not true. They are not, I've, they have, I've not seen, I mean, if you, whether you caught a girl or you don't caught her, what is important is teaching her about sexual education. When she knows what is right, what is wrong, you know, she, you talk to her about her body and all of that. That is what is important. Not cutting a girl. In fact, it's even the opposite. Because the woman doesn't get any sexual satisfaction. And so in trying to find that satisfaction, she is likely to even be, be, be promiscuous. I'm not saying that is what is happening. Uh, actually, there was a study which said that that it's two ways now uh, for some people, for some women uh, who who suffered uh, female genital mutilation. Uh, they want to believe that well, it's overhyped and uh, there is no uh, pleasure in that. While for some others, uh, they keep jumping from one man to another, uh, seeking for that pleasure, just like you said. So yes, there is a study uh, backing that up. Um, well, I haven't seen that study, mm -hmm. and I cannot speak for what people are saying but i can speak about myself okay and i can tell whoever is listening categorically that every medical issue associated with fgm is true every physical issue associated with fgm is true every psychological issue effects associated with fgm is true based on my personal experience i've had to go through four cesarean section i couldn't give birth um through the, the vagina because i was caught i've had ptsd i've had um, i've suffered abuse i've suffered severe medical challenges you know so what the, everything they say and I've, and, I've, and, and and then speaking about sex you have removed that part of the woman's genitalia what's the purpose of that part it has a purpose it has a use if we didn't have any use God wouldn't have put it there. So why are you limiting a woman? And then you're violating her rights. The first reason is you're violating the woman's rights. And you're not supposed to do that. Everybody has the right to full sexual um, intercourse or to... You have the right to say no or yes. Nobody should decide for me. And then it's a tradition. Yes, we know it's a tradition. There are some traditions that are harmful. And we should do away with those traditions. We shouldn't continue with a culture simply because we met it like that. And who are the custodians of, uh, of tradition and culture? Is it the men? Is it the women? And what is patriarchy's role in FGM? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, what's the role? Yes, what's the role of patriarchy? Because the, the, the main reason why we practice FGM is to satisfy the man. You want to keep the woman faithful? You want to reduce her sexual, um, you know, libido. You want her to be intact. You don't want her to be labelled or be be seen as an outcast because in some cultures, if you're not circumcised, you you will not get um, you not be married. Like in Kenya, you not get plenty cattle. You not um, get you know it's 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 patriarchal. So we're appealing that these are traditions traditions that we should do away with. We know some cultures are good. So we should keep those ones that are good. But the ones that are harmful and not helping us, we should do away with them. All right. And um, uh, before we open the phone lines now for people to call in and have their contribution, can you tell us some of the effects, direct effect this has on uh, a person uh, who has gone through uh, female genital mutilation? 
Okay, I will just um, list a few problems associated with female genital mutilation. You have um, problems passing urine. You have menstrual problems. You have painful sexual intercourse. You have um, repeated infections. Sometimes it can even lead to cervical cancer. You have a um, threat of HIV AIDS because a lot of the instruments that are used for circumcision are all sterilized. It's local, you know, it's done locally. Mm. Although now we have the threat of uh, medicalization, some doctors and nurses do it, and those people are violating the rights of. Yeah, I mean, in fact, their their license. It's it's a violation of their license to practice medicine. Okay, so we also have um, psychological trauma. Like I told you, you can the 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 person or the survivor can suffer from depression. You can suffer um, flashbacks. You can suffer self-harm. You also have prolonged labor. Like I told you, I had to go through my first delivery. I was in labor for almost seven hours until eventually I was welded into the theater. I have had four C-sections. You also have um, complications during childbirth. You have um, tearing during delivery, if that happens. You have uh, obstetric uh, fistula. A lot of, there's this village um, close to Pontagora. They call that village uh, Babaraimi. A lot of VVF patients there are, are, are survivors of FGM and the VVF came as a result of the girls being caught. So there's the threat of fistula. Fistula is a direct, VVF is a direct um, consequence of FGM. So you see, this, this and then there's that can you, can ecological you speak more trauma. The, uh, the VVF, the fistula, yes. could you speak more on that, please? Um, okay, fistula is um, when you cannot control your urine, mm. you know, you, you, you can't, you can't control your urine. And that is a very terrible thing because you can't go out of the house. Everybody's running from you. You're just, you know, your urine just keeps tipping. You can't stop it. And the medical um, treatment for fistula is expensive. Although there are some NGOs that like um, the first lady of Niger State, I think she's, uh, she has an NGO and they give free treatment for fistula. So a lot of um, patients can get treatment for it. That is, if you even know, if you have access to information, you get what I'm saying. Mm. So is if it, you don't is it have access permanently, or it just managed? No, 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 no. It's treated. It's, okay. it's something. It's, it's something that is treatable. Yes, okay. it's treated permanently. But that is even if you have access to information and you know, oh, you can get treatment. A lot of. Um, Survivors that live in rural communities do not have access to information. They don't have access to medical help. They don't even have access to psychosocial support. So sometimes you feel that, oh, it is something that I did wrong. That is why I have this. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm. So these this, this are all gender-based violence that we need to speak about. We need to amplify. We need to increase the traction and let people know that things like this should not be allowed. All and right. every woman... Yes, every woman should have access to medical health, uh, medical care. It should be subsidized by the government. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, just to hold on on the line. If you're just joining us, it's 104.5, your family love station. And time check is 4.36 p.m. You've been speaking with architect Lola Ibrahim, who identifies uh, with... Uh, survivors, like she calls it, of uh, female genital uh, mutilation. And also we have 
Chibuza here in the studio. My name is Grace Abba. And you can join the conversation this evening by calling 090-9435-0415. This topic cuts across and uh, as a mother, you can share your experience or as a girl, child, or female, you can share your experience as well. You, we can all talk about female genital uh, mutilation and what your take exactly is on it. Zero nine zero nine four three five zero four one five. So while we wait for the calls to start coming through, hmm. uh, educated persons, some educated persons are advocates of female genital mutilation and believe that it prevents promiscuity in girls. Uh, why is this so? Because you did mention twenty first century. It, it is a misconception. What would you rather do? Would you rather mutilate your daughter or would you educate your daughter? What would you rather do? That's what I, I would ask them. Would you prefer to send your child to school? Let her learn. Let her have the skills that will equip her. Let her improve herself mentally, socially, physically, emotionally. Or would you rather subject her to an, a, a tradition and a culture that is harmful? all in the name of controlling a sexual, I don't know, what would you rather do? That's my question to whoever is pro uh, promoting FGM. Why would you promote the culture of cutting the female genitalia? It doesn't work. I, for one, I, I, I would rather talk to my daughter, sit her down, and let her know the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. Oh, don't hang out with guys. Oh, hang out with guys. Oh, don't do this. Oh, well, you, you know, it's, it's, it's better you have an open conversation with your children than to say, okay, you want to cut off the genitalia so that it will prevent, prevent her from being uh, promiscuous. If she's with you, you see her. If she's not with you, what happens? No. We should rather educate them. And communities where these things are still being practiced, um, we should go to those communities and enlighten them and make them to be advocates of anti-FGM. So is this, because, why, is this widespread or are there just some specific uh, places? Uh, is it practiced even here in the FCT or are there some communities uh, that completely read of this uh, FGM in this 21st century? It is widely practiced among the Yorubas, the Hausas, the Eagles, and then in the South-South, Rivers, Bayasa, Akwaibom, all those are And then in Borno, it's practiced among the Canaries. But in FCT, I haven't really heard much um, about FGM among the Gwaris. I have heard of FGM in um, Kuje and um, Abaji. So we run advocacy on those, um, in some of those communities there. Okay, but, uh, still just mm -hmm. hold on uh, the line so we can take this call. All right. Hello. Good evening. Yeah, my sister is well. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Welcome to the program. What's your name? Yeah, I will not mention my name because I want to say something. Uh, that, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Go on. Yeah. Uh, my wife is a victim of that. So, honestly, to make sense, to, 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 you know, to meet husband and wife is very difficult. She doesn't have any uh, horse for anything. So, that thing is bad. It's a bad thing. If I can join to, to, to campaign on that, I would like, I would love that. But it's affecting me directly. I'm telling you the truth. 
All right. Uh, thank, thank you very much uh, for that. Yeah. And of course, uh, Architect Lola is going to react to that and uh, ways uh, you can find around it. Uh, if there are some uh, therapeutic steps uh, that uh, you can take as a couple. Uh, but also you can share your experience by calling 90 And do not worry, you can be anonymous uh, if you chose to. You can just stay anonymous and... Um, okay, let me quickly respond. Yeah, let me quickly respond to that caller. Okay. I, I don't sympathize with him. I empathize. You know, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Oh, yes. So I empathize, yes. I empathize with him and, uh, I, I, and I salute his courage for speaking out. Now, the problem is with the woman. You understand? And it's not really her fault. So what we do, what I have done for myself is to speak to a mental expert. It's not her fault. So she shouldn't feel bad about it because when you say mental expert, people get a bit um, um, timid about, you know, they think, hey, no, I'm not mad. Yes. I'm normal I and all of that. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with your, whether you're mad or, you get what I'm trying I, to say. I it's just, exactly. So that's what we do in in, um, in way. We, we link people up, we link survivors up with mental experts that will take you through the process. And it's completely free. You don't have to pay for it. You understand? So mm. that's what we do. And then sometimes you can try, um, you know, talking to the woman, soft talk. You can try lubricants, you know. All these are uh, um, things that can help the woman feel good, you and know, and then put her in the right mood. Okay. Is it psychological or is it medical? Um, it is both. You know, because that part of the vagina has been cut off completely. Mm. And then, of course, there are there are medical procedures that can, you know, <laughs> fix it back. But for me, I chose not to. So it is, it is it is medical, it is psychological. So you can try the psychological, which is what is readily available. The medical procedure, I am not sure if um, anybody here in Nigeria, I mean, does it. There's a doc, there are doctors in the U.S. who do that procedure. Um, there's an NGO that sponsors women. To go through that procedure and it's free too, but in here, but here in Nigeria, I'm not sure if um, I, I, I might be wrong, you know, but I don't know of any doctor who does that procedure. Though I know that there are medical experts in every field, and so somebody might just um, be doing it somewhere that I haven't heard of. Mm. Okay, uh, do we have laws uh, backing this up? And how do you feel the female genital mutilation should be best addressed? We have laws backing it up, and um, I think it falls under the VAP law. But as we all know, not all states are implementing the VAP law yet. And then, of course, as we all know, implementing laws, enforcing policies, and um, getting them um, access to justice is a slow process in Nigeria. And then you know, I know, we all know that when you go to the police, sometimes they tell you, "Okay, oh yeah, bring money to buy by, bring money to buy paper, bring money to this." And it discourages, you know, people from reporting. And then I haven't heard of anybody, anybody, I, I stand to be corrected, being prosecuted for cutting a girl. Because we accept it. We, we feel it's normal. It's something that we should, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's not any big deal. So I've yet to hear of anybody being reported, except for a case in Eboi that I heard they reported. But I'm not even sure if that case was prosecuted. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm. Because we don't see it as normal. As in, uh, why is she making a big deal out of it? It is a big deal. It is a big deal. So I urge people to report. Let's
get somebody and make that person a scapegoat. When we do that, it will serve as deterrent to others. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm, completely. Yes. Mm. All right, so as an activist, uh, how do you think uh, people can come together to contribute to the end of uh, violence against uh, women and girls? That is a big question for us in Nigeria. Mm. How can we come together? Because, you know, we accept it. We feel um, as women, we shouldn't complain. Anything that is dished out to us, we should accept it. We don't have um, we don't have a voice. Even when you complain to your fellow woman, they will tell you, accept it. What is the big deal? I mean, you, you understand? Mm. Something is being done to you. You don't like it. You speak out and people are like, ah, is she the only one? We're all in it. So why is she complaining? No. Why? We should speak out. Things that are wrong in the society and we see it and we accept it. It is wrong. We should speak out. Now, in speaking out, we're not um, trying to quarrel with men or to fight with men or to say, okay, give me, move away from the space. No. We're just asking that, okay, treat us with equity. Treat us as right, I mean, treat us as human beings. Give us our due right. What, what, what I'm entitled to, that's what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you for your own portion. And then when you do something wrong to me and I demand for justice, I want that justice to be done. If a girl is raped, she has the right to demand for justice. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't stigmatize the victim. Rather, the shame should be on the rapist. You understand? So, people who have been violated, if you have been caught, if you have been raped, if you have been molested, if you have been sexually assaulted, if you have even been at the bottom of, in, in your office of remarks that are uncomplimentary, you should, you should, you should speak out. You should speak up because you deserve the right to live a dignified life. You should, you should, you should reach your full potential and you have the right to, 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 to walk and be happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? So advocates need to step up their game. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't accept a second best. No, I deserve the best. And I'm not saying it because I'm competing with a man. No, I'm saying it because I'm a human being, just like he is. He is. So I deserve to be treated with dignity, with respect. And I don't deserve to be caught. I shouldn't cut my daughter. My daughter shouldn't cut her daughter. It shouldn't be a tradition that we carry on. No, it's a tradition that we should stop. And in calling for that FGM to be stopped, we need to include men. Because basically what you're cutting again is to prepare for marriage, to make us be, you know, loyal, faithful and all of that. So we need the men to come in. Because now if, if I'm not um, responding to my husband, the marriage is in, if the, the other room is not uh, in order, exactly. the parlor in will not be in order, the kitchen will not be in order, everything will just be in disarray. <laughs> so men need to understand this. And that's why they need to join us in the advocacy. Okay, still holding to the line. And if you're just joining us, you can call in and remain anonymous if you want to. 090-9435-0415. And speaking of men, uh, there is a man here in the <laughs> studio. She was, uh, I'm sure you have one or two to say. Yeah. Uh, you just heard from her and she's calling on the man as well. So as a man. Yes, mm. this is what we are here for. This is what we want to do. And it is an interesting one from Architect Lula. We've heard it all. Mm. Female genital mutilation is a crime against the Rape Act, against the human rights. No woman should have to go through 
such pain without consent. Besides, they can't give consent. It's their right. So I believe they should be left with that to decide if they want to or not. And as she rightly said, it has also caused more harm than good. People who do it, they believe they are trying to reduce promiscuity. But hearing from our caller and also our expert who called in, it, is, it has been an issue even for couple at home. Even as an individual who has gone through it, it's an issue because they face a lot of health challenges. And I believe this should be stopped. This should be stopped. Coming from the men side of it, we can make a change. We can bring a change about this. We can come together and make that change happen. Because most of the things they believe they are doing it to please the men. But truthfully, it is not helping. So we, we men need to stand up to bring a change to sexual and gender-based violence. Is there a possibility that a man in the home even insists on the wife not doing that to his baby girl? Uh, well, that is why we are also here. We, there are some men who wouldn't want this to happen to their baby girl. There are some men who wouldn't want this to happen to their sister. There are some men who are married and would have wished it didn't happen to, to their the wife. wife. Mm. So a lot of people are going through gender-based violence that they do not want to go through. Okay, as a man, let me put the question out there. Would you want it to happen to your sister? Would you want it to happen to your wife? Would you even want it to happen to your daughter? So if no... I believe we can make a change. Let's make, it, let's make the society a place our boys and girls can grow up equally. Specifically, how can the men rise up against this arm? Yes, the men can rise up by their words. The men can rise up by their actions. The men can rise up by advocating, creating awareness. The men can rise up by creating awareness to bring a stop to all this. And that is why we are here. So initiative, we are here. We have a movement called the men speak up it has been sponsored by the icrr international center for investigative reporting they believe such things can be stopped and men have a role to play in this so we men have a voice in the community and we should use the voice rightly let's not stand by and watch how other people are being violated of their rights we can make a change we can make the decisions happen so we are calling all men out there who believe they want to make a change, who believe they want to bring a stop on sexual and gender-based violence and make a society where a boy and a girl child can grow up equally with equal rights. Because honestly, I believe the girl child has a lot to offer. The girl child has a lot to offer. They don't just end in the kitchen and the other room. They have a lot to offer. My Where I Work, SOA Initiative, it's been... The executive director of the organization is a woman, and I tell you, she does great work. Our expert who just called in now, architect Lola, you've heard her speak. She's also a woman, mm. and she's doing great work. Mm. So if we give the women an opportunity, they would also they, they have a lot to offer. And I think a lot of men don't want women out there because of they feel challenged, fear of being challenged. But it is the society we are trying to better here. 
it is your daughter. Okay, so uh, let's come back to your architect, Lola Ibrahim. And uh, mm. as an advocate, uh, you just uh, you were able to share with us and share with everyone who's listening right now uh, some of your own personal battles and the challenges and the fights, your own personal fights and all you had to do to overcome. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. why I used the word a survivor. Yeah. Um, every Wednesday, I sincerely do appreciate that you speaking up. Every Wednesday, we have this program, and uh, okay. we always have a, a topic. And okay. then um, it depends on the topic. There are some topics that people are quite free to call, and you see the phone line quite buzzing. Okay. Okay. And then they want to contribute. Uh, but on things like this, uh, you do not quite have people calling in. I expected this to happen uh, because uh, you can even hear the other caller who said he would rather stay anonymous, which mm -hmm. I even appreciated uh, his call in the first place. Uh, but people do not really want to speak up. Yes, they are listening. And yes, they are, they are picking up on some of those things. And many of those things that you've taken out your time uh, to, 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 you know, cut in pieces for us to even understand it better how it works but people are not ready to come out people are not ready to speak up and people want to take to self-help uh, they do not want to consider some of those things as big issues uh, when it uh, begins to rise up in their matrimonial homes and even affecting them psychologically uh, what's your message to uh, Nigerians who just want to result to self-help which eventually doesn't work out at the end of the day okay i would use myself as an example again mm. i told you i'm close to 50 okay. i'm maybe a few years away from 50 mm. and i didn't have the courage to speak to my mother about my experience i found out i was a survivor when i was in university but i couldn't speak to her until 2018 when i came back from the u.s you were all alone. i was in the u.s Yes, I was scared. You know that African setting, mm. you always, you hold your mother or your parents in high reverence. You can't challenge. Mm. It's just, it's um, that, um, obey the last order. Yes. Once they say sweep, sweep, sleep, sleep, stand up, stand up. You cannot ask, oh, mommy, why? You know that, what's that thing called again? Um, what's that civil disobedience or what's it called? You know that thing. When, now when I tell my son, sit down, he's going to ask me, mommy, why do you want me to sit down? <laughs> but while we were growing up, you yes. cannot do that. So that's, that's one. And then there's also the issue of stigma. You know, we grow up thinking that, oh, this thing, you can't talk about it. People will laugh at you. People will look at you weird. They will look at you one kind. You know, it's like coming out to say, oh, I'm HIV positive. Mm. People are like, you know, you know that, it's that stigma. That's why people don't want to speak about it. I have friends who are FGM survivors, and I'm like, oh, we have a radio program. Would you like to come? And I'm like, they're like, no, 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 I don't want to go. I don't want to. People that are my friends, and they are suffering in silence and they do not want to take help because the society will look at them in a funny way. They will tag them. They will, uh, they will, you know, they will stigmatize them. So the society needs to help us for people like me to be able to speak out. And I am using myself as an example again. I started my healing process when I started speaking out and accepting myself as an FGM survivor. In 2018, when I traveled, I met with a therapist and they took me through a process and it's that same process that we're offering people who are FGM survivors, especially married women who are having issues at home and they cannot speak to anybody about it. Mm. We have a mental expert who is providing help and the help is completely confidential. Nobody will laugh at you. 
nobody um, you know speak about your issue to another person you know? yes yes so they should seek help you don't have to you know come out and start making noise about it no you're suffering in silence seek help i have people who are fgm survivors and they have um keloids growing on their vagina on their you know and they cannot seek help hmm. because they are ashamed they're afraid for something that you didn't do it's not your fault you're a survivor mm. so why are you afraid to seek help you understand mm. so seek help don't be ashamed don't be embarrassed it is confidential it is affordable if at all you even have to pay but i know you don't even have to pay because we're doing we're running the program as an NGO in collaboration with other NGOs that offer mental um mental um help you understand so mm. seek help See a pharmacist, see a medical doctor, you know, talk to somebody. It's important. You know, people nowadays, people die of depression. You don't get mm-hmm. depressed, you commit suicide. You don't even know why. So they should speak up. You don't, it's not, um, like, I, I'm, I'm still emphasizing it. It's not your fault you are caught. And it's not your fault. Or it's, it's not something that has to do with you as a human being that you're not enjoying sex. No, it's because you're a survivor of female genital mutilation. So they shouldn't look at um, themselves as handicapped. They should just seek help. That's my my advice to other survivors out there. And then for parents who are thinking of cutting their daughters, mm. they shouldn't. If the law should catch up with them, they will go to prison. Okay. So um, speaking of seeking help, is there a phone number you can uh, give out, uh, Chibuzo, uh, for those who are listening right now who would like to reach you after the program? Okay. So, yeah, about seeking help and... Um, also being a part of the movement, also being a part of men who want to bring a change and speak up for women. You can send us a, wa- a message on WhatsApp on 080-88-600-990. Uh, let's have the number again, please. 80 zero zero nine nine zero and let me also mention that for those who are interested to be a part of this movement it's open to bed to both boys and men adolescent boys and men and it's a voluntary indication it's a voluntary movement it is not like a job kind but it is a group of men who, who who is coming together to make a change, to create awareness, to stop sexual and gender-based violence on women and girls. So, But the good side of it is that we'll be meeting in a two weeks' time to have a training. And we'll also have a certificate to go with this training that we've been trained to be advocates to speak against sexual and gender-based violence. And we are not doing this alone. We are doing this with the um, collaboration with Network of Men Leaders. The Network of Men Leaders to End Violence Against Women. So at the end of the training and um, a certificate is being issued, we'll be linked with the Network of Men for further awareness and activities to carry out. So it is open to adolescent boys and men who believe they can make a change okay who believe they can stop sexual and gender-based violence if it has happened to you need to have anybody out there so we are open to all all right uh because of time uh uh madam uh one last word from you before we let you go on the program because of time 
Okay, um, I would just like to tell listeners out there that female genital mutilation is a manifestation of gender inequality deeply rooted in social, economic, and political structure. And it is not something that is beneficial to the woman or to the economic development or sustainable development of the country. Because if you educate a woman, you're educating a whole community. So let's um, end it. All right, Al, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the program today. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Akitelula Ibrahim. Up next is Sports at 5. The George is in the studio. Join us this time uh, next week. That's 4.15 p.m. for another edition of Men's Men Speak Up. Okay, stay tuned. It's 104.5. You want to be loved?